Hi, kings and queens. This is still sharp and still. Kings and queens, happy family. Welcome to the virtual podcast at Still Sharp and Still. This is your host, Job Pat. You know the vibes, family. Your boy, Mr. Love is Love. You know, if you didn't do it already, hit that subscribe button. Whatever you take from us, you learn and you grow with it. Whatever we take from you, you learn and you grow with it as well. Like, comment, and share, guys. And this episode today is going to be broken into a couple parts, but mainly I'm going to really focus about emotional intelligence. Um, but before we go further, first and foremost, I definitely want to happily introduce our guest for today's episode. Happy welcome to our lovely queen, Shawnee. Talk about it. Awesome. So um, just want to thank you both for having me in this space, um, you know, this steel sharp and steel space. Um, met you a short time ago and just connected immediately. Like one of my mantras is that it's not the length of the connection, it's the strength of the connection. So there was definitely a strong vibration that you both gave off and a desire for me to stay connected. So grateful that we did that. We honored our word regarding that. And here we are doing this podcast. So my name is Shawnee Renee Benton Gibson, as you both, um, as you declared, um, the name of my organization or my company is Spirit of a Woman. Um, the acronym is SOW or SO, because the work that I do is all about sowing seeds into the lives of individuals, into groups and collective spaces that are interested in mind, body, spirit transformation and edification of their thoughts so that they can serve better and best in the world. And the organization has been in existence since 2002. So it's been an almost 20 year journey um, that I've been on doing this work, doing rites of passage, um, coaching, training and facilitating, um, designing large events, virtual events, um, being on platforms where people get an opportunity to speak their truths, discover who they are, live their purposes, discover that, and then also be accountable for others because this is interdependent living that we engage in, even though some of us convince ourselves that we're living um, independently. So I look forward to this conversation about emotional intelligence and um, you know the things that will come up and out of us organically as we talk and co-create in the space this morning. Let me just piggyback and applaud you on everything that you just said congratulations on the, the the length of time that you have been consistent that is mm -hmm. that is a long time so i, I congratulate you thank and you and i also wanted to to to, to add on to say that the phrase sowing a seed or planting a seed i just hear it so much and is is uh i agree with it because when you say something to someone um you're just helping them understand it initially but you still have more work to do over time is a process yeah, because you know, when you learn something, you don't get it initially the first time. It, it, it takes time. So I like how you 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 said that as well as you have worked so diligently over this over these years to to grasp as much people as you can. Yeah, um, and the work is reciprocal. So as I show up for others, I'm really showing up for myself because mm -hmm. the work has transformed my life. Um, that give and receive um, has just been a blessing over my development as an adult, as a mom, as a leader. I'm also a psychotherapist, a trained um, psychotherapist. So that work has been enhanced because I'm willing to recognize that I can get something out of the exchanges that I have with couples that I work with, individuals, people who have struggling with substance abuse and mental health issues. I get something from all of them and I'm grateful for the journey for 30 years of the work and um 20 years of the business it's just been a miracle and it saved my life as well yeah i definitely want to ask you um bravo to you too yeah. like we here at um still shopping still 
we love to applaud Black victory on all horizon. Absolutely. And for you to be a psychotherapist and have your um your association platform, how you manage to do all of that and balance all of that? Yeah, it's through partnership, really, um, Brian. When I think about the work um, and all that it entails, um, I know that there have been people who've shown up for me that have you know, tapped me on the shoulder and it's like, slow down. There have been, been people who tapped me on the shoulder and said, you can do more. And there are folks that have held me accountable when I haven't been operating from the gifts that I have and then also operating from a space of integrity. And just thinking about the conversation that we're going to have about emotional intelligence, you know, part of what has kept me afloat is that I'm aware of my emotional makeup and I'm aware of the traumas that I've experienced and I'm aware of what can happen to me when I'm not tapped in and tuned into what's going on with me internally so it doesn't impact and do damage with the work that I do externally. So um, it's been quite a journey, but the biggest tool that I use are people just like the two of you so that I can recognize the need to be covered and held as I do this important work and also checked. That's an important piece too. I'm not so big that I can't be checked and held accountable when my word doesn't line up with my commitment and my mission and vision. No, that is that is beautiful. Because at the end of the day, you can't empower somebody else unless you empower and, and better yourself first. Absolutely. We, we, we spoke about that um, countlessly on the on, on, on episodes. So that's amazing that you you continually work to to help yourself because you can't better nobody else until you help yourself first. So yes. that's amazing. Um, I wanted to touch upon Wake Up Everybody on mm-hmm. that platform as well, because sure. the um, the spirit of a woman is it it of course it has it has its length and it has mm-hmm. its its foundation. But as far as Wake Up Everybody, um, I can only imagine the reason um, that you you started it. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. So um, on a practical and level, sorry, not to cut you off as well, Queen. Um, help the Still Sharp and Still community understand what Wake Up Everybody is. As yes, well. I was yes. going to do that for sure. Yes. Yeah, so thank you for bringing it up. Um, so Spirit of a Woman is the umbrella. And like you were alluding to that, um, I will say this, it has given birth to different babies. And some of those babies or um, offspring are older than others. So, you know, I have a rights of passage program that's been around for years. And then also Wake Up is about a year, it's like 18 months old. So it's in this fresh burgeoning stage. And it was birthed as a result of me just listening to spirit. Um, You and I have talked about, we have talked about the fact, I think, that I lost my eldest daughter when she was 30 years old as a result of a birth-related pulmonary embolism. But what I tell people is because our relationship was so, so tight, her as an ancestor, like she knows how to communicate with me in this life so that I can move forward and do the things that I need to do because I'm very spiritual and I'm open to that level of support. Remember I said partnership, but I also mean spiritual partnership too with the ancestors. So one day I woke up and this was early on when they were first talking about going into quarantine. I was flipping through channels and on cable and I think it was HBO, I can't, don't quote me on that, but they were showing a documentary on Teddy Pendergrass's life. And I don't, y'all are young, so I don't know if you know who Teddy yeah. Pendergrass is. I, I heard, but I'm gonna be honest, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Not familiar. Oh, wow, oh my gosh, I love to teach about him and look it up when you get a chance. And you, you said probably, Teddy Pendergrass. Pendergrass, yeah. So look him up. You probably, when you listen to his music, you probably, you know how folks sample music? It's probably something he's done that has been sampled by modern rappers and R&B folks. 
But Teddy Pendergrass was a heartthrob, you know, when I was growing up. He was like this sexy singer. He sang R&B. And he um, also sang this song that was so inspirational. It was called Wake Up Everybody. Like, wake mm -hmm. up everybody, no more sleeping in bed. And in fact, like Mary J. Blige and a bunch of different artists have done a compilation cover oh, of that song. song. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's rapping. It is, it's really cool. But I love the original version. Yeah. So the song is timeless. So I'm listening to the tail end of the documentary about his life because if you know you don't know him, he was in the height of his career and he got into a severe car accident and he was paralyzed from the neck down. Then he became an activist, um, you know. After that, like his whole life was changed, and then um, you know he was just speaking about the need for us to take care of ourselves and also to look out for folks who have disabilities and stuff like that. So I'm watching the documentary, the tail end, and they're singing the song, and I just started to cry. And then what wow. I call downloads started to happen because I was thinking about what is happening in the community today, the society. And the song is like, the world won't get much better if we just let things be. We have to change the world, you and me. That's part of the lyrics. You know, we can't do it alone. Like it's so, so powerful. So as we were going into shutdown and quarantine, which originally was supposed to be like two weeks, maybe 30 days. And we saw what it ended up being. Two um, years. Yeah. So, you know, the download from the song and from my daughter was to do something for community in virtual space to promote mind, body and spirit transformation. Do it on Zoom and ask other people to support me. And so, because my mindset is, oh, I have to do it for 30 days on my own. I have to lead every day. And because the song is called Wake Up Everybody, I'm like, I'll do it in the morning. I'll invite other people to join me so that there's a facilitator every morning. We'll do it for an hour so that people aren't feeling so overwhelmed because and, I was shook. And by nothing it. but in, I definitely um, was able to join about two of them. Oh. And um, forgive my absence. It's okay. <laughs> But for the first, just telling everybody for the um first and foremost, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's a lot of transparency, um, yeah. a lot of vulnerability, and people are connecting in different lens. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with a lot of stuff going on during the pandemic. For example, emotional intelligence. Yeah. So I definitely want to start off the episode saying that this episode today is going to be very important to me specifically and like personal to me because mm -hmm. I feel like you know I, I normally don't have a balance of my emotions for the most part and okay. keeping my emotions in a steady sturdiness is, is, is a challenge so first speaking on emotional intelligence you know you read about it and they have the normal definition it could be more normal it could be more so about understanding other people's emotions but what's your personal um definition of emotional intelligence yeah so i am so grateful that um i have been working around this subject matter, because like you said, so many people um, like block their emotions, they view them as weaknesses yeah. and we operate from extremes. So let me share the definition, you know, the, the emotional intelligence or EQ or emotional quotient um, is our ability to understand and use and manage our own emotional um, energies, vibrations, experiences in ways that are edifying, that are positive, that are high vibrational mm -hmm. so that we can relieve stress, we can communicate with others effectively and empathize with them and their journeys and also empathize with ourselves because oh, sometimes yeah. we're very hard on ourselves and overcome challenges and mitigate or diffuse conflict as best we can. So it's really important as a leader, 
as a student, as a person that's a member of society and family, like to be able to do that and operate from that because it kills off opportunities to like really be present to our own power and presence in the world if we're not emotionally intelligent and utilizing that gift that we've been given by spirit to negotiate life. We're different from animals and you know other um, life forms because we have this brain and because we have this emotional range that we can operate from. Absolutely. So with that being said, um, in your opinion, which do you consider to be more valuable? Um, personal intelligence, which justifies the importance between individuals or emotional intelligence, which justifies the mood or behaviors between individuals? Well, um, I actually value both blended. I know for myself that what I know as an individual um, person and intellectually what I know, like the information that I've gathered over lived experiences, going to school, learning from just um, negotiating life is super valuable. What I know is valuable, but also my emotional state and being able to navigate and integrate what I know inside of the work that I do, for instance, what I described earlier, my relationships, my desire to manifest um, uh, an intimate partnership, who I am as an emotional being fuels and fosters um, the negotiation of that in a powerful way. And once again, intentional, purposeful and um, integrous way. So I choose to blend them both, but I know that my emotional intelligence really supports me being able to have this type of conversation that I'm having with all of you now, with both of you now and those who are listening. And then also what was said earlier about um, how we showed up in the event that we were at the other day, that was me blending what I know with my emotional intelligence and my spiritual intelligence to be able to read and know that y'all were two individuals that I wanted to stay connected with. Absolutely. So it's all important. Yeah. Absolutely. And I can only imagine because the experiences that you went through, you're able to not only um, be aware of your energy and your emotions, but you're able to now, not now, but you were able to progressively value people differently. Yeah. You know, just recognizing that I'm made up of a body of emotions that drive what I do, that create the space for me to be um, attracted to others and attracted, attractive by um, others or for others as well, creates the space for me to be able to lead and grow and transform and also to lead a healthier life. Like if I wasn't tuned into my emotional intelligence, um, I wouldn't be well, you know, I would just let myself go left and right and willy nilly instead of like really tuning in. It's like, oh, I'm angry right now or not blaming anger for everything because anger gets a bad rap. It's like I'm disappointed. I'm scared. I'm anxious right now. And just being able to name that for myself allows me to move forward with whatever I happen to be doing business wise, personally in my life. I definitely I definitely agree. Um, especially you hit the nail with just understanding other people's emotions yeah. and it helps you understand yourself. That right there shows a presence in power. And um, I feel like normally with me, I can normally identify the emotion, but mm-hmm. it could get challenging because sometimes I could be inaccurate. So have yeah. that have that ever happened to you? Like when oh, you try absolutely. to identify them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought that up. And, you know, I will break down more what the components of emotional intelligence are, but just operating from a space of, um, of my own trauma as a black woman, um, you know, as a person who grew up in situations where family members um, perpetuated acts of violence or abuse towards me, some intentionally, some unintentionally, 
um, you know, because sometimes hurt people hurt people and it's not intended. It's just their lack of consciousness and awareness. But I have definitely misread people's intentions and their emotional states. I thought that someone was angry when they weren't. I've made up that people are aligned in an agreement with me and they weren't. I've made up that um, I need to protect myself from people when I didn't have to. And I've made up that I didn't when I needed to. So a lot of stuff has happened and it's based on my foundation, like my conditioning as a kid. You know, I'm someone someone who has experienced sexual trauma and to make up that all men are dangerous because of that experience is dangerous for me. Like to make up every single man, y'all are two brothers that I encounter are um, suspect and predatory is unfair for all of, for both of you and anybody that is listening who identifies as a male. And it's also a limitation for me because it stops and blocks me from being able to create powerful relationships as colleagues, as friends, as yep. potential lovers. If everybody's dangerous, then I can't vibe and connect with you. And that just doesn't um, allow for quality and expansive life. Absolutely. And I just wanted to, um, once again, give you your your flowers again, because you have been able to, to be fully self-aware of yourself, which a lot of people lack. A lot of people um, um, have to be able to, to know what they're getting themselves into. And not only that, but to just to know themselves before they get into anything. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that you were able to do that and, and assess the different circumstances that circumstances that you went through. And that's so being transparent, you, though. Because yeah. it's hard for a lot of people to be transparent with themselves. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, especially when it comes to emotional intelligence and a lot of people have past trauma people just be trying to avoid and be in denial about what they went through and instead of talking about it and communicating about it it builds a shell it's animosity it builds like that pain and it's similar to not to get off topic but jay-z spoke about you know you know us in the black community we'll walk down a block and we'll look at somebody and they say what you're looking at a lot you know a lot of fights start from just the grill of an eye yeah and when whole said it i understood what he said but it's like we don't, that person doesn't want you to see that their pain. They suffer yeah. from so much. So have you had like a lot of, you know, people that you encountered that avoids what they try to, you know, what, what they went through? Yeah. And, you know, just I'm, as a clinician, I work a lot with trauma. And mm-hmm. so there are three types of trauma. There's um, chronic, acute and um, complex. So um, I'm trying to think, I always get them mixed up. Acute is when you like experience, let's say a car accident. It's a one-time event, but it can create trauma and you might not want to drive again. You might be fearful if you sit in the passenger seat, it's like, you know how you have the invisible brakes and you slam it on the brakes <laughs> for the yeah, other I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that happened to me too. I experienced that. Like one time I got into, not just being transparent. Yes. Um, I got into like a situation in a vehicle and the next time I got in the car, I was like, whoa, my, my heart was being fast. So I get it. Yeah. And so that acute trauma, it can be, like I said, one time, but it can infect you for the rest of your life, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, there's the other one, which is chronic, which is an ongoing trauma that keeps happening. So let's say it's a child that grows up in a, an abusive household mm-hmm. where there's domestic violence and they watch day after day, year after year, um, their parent being physically attacked and assaulted by um, the other parent then they can um, be experiencing this compounded 
um, impact of that trauma over the course of time. Oh. And then there's complex trauma, which means you have multiple things happen to you. There's a car accident. There's mm -hmm. growing up in a domestic violence situation. There's growing up in a community where there's gun violence and you see people mm -hmm. getting killed. And all of the compilation of those traumas create this complex response. And so um, some of the trauma uh, responses are fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. So some of us, when traumatic things happen and we, or we think we're in danger, we throw up our hands or we yeah. use our words. Others yeah. run for the hills. Right. And then, um, yeah, you know, and then some, that's flight when you run for the hills. Yeah. Or you can check out mentally. Like, you can be in the space, but leave the space mentally. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I had a lot of experiences where I've seen people shut down. I've, mm -hmm. I've been in situations where I shut down. Mm -hmm. Or I may respond with the flight or fight. Yeah. But it depends on your emotional intelligence, I guess, at the time. I'm yeah. not sure. You tell me. Well, emotional intelligence is blended in. So like you said, have you met people who have been resistant or not really um, wanting to own or deal with what they've experienced? And depending on the levels of trauma that you've experienced over the course of your life, lifetime, acute, chronic or complex, it will determine how you show up in the present moment and also in the future. Mm -hmm. So fight, flight, flight, freeze or fawn. The freeze part, you might just get paralyzed in the space. Stop speaking. Mm -hmm. like You feel like your throat is closing mm -hmm. up. Or you might literally feel paralyzed in the mm -hmm. space that you can't, almost like you can't move. And that yeah. has happened to people. Mm -hmm. um, like you're like run and they're just like struck, like somebody shooting and stuff. And they're just standing there in place. Not like you don't know what to do. Right. And then there's fawn, which is a new one they added, which I love that they added because I think for your survival, some people will what they call placate or um, people please in order to survive a traumatic moment. So let's say you're a child growing up in a house where there's um, an abusive parent or a substance abusing parent and they're yelling and screaming in your face and threatening to hit you, yeah. you know, you might be like, okay, dad, okay, mom, all right, everything is okay, I'll listen to you just like, you know, put your head down and just be become more passive so you don't get hit or attacked. Well, so cool. there's a necessity for all of the responses to trauma. All of the emotions connect. Yeah. Yeah. And so knowing emotionally that you're fearful right now, it's like, okay, I'm scared. This situation is dangerous. What do I do to navigate it? Or I'm numb. I'm feeling numb. I don't even feel anything. How can I open up so that I can actually show up in this moment and do what I need to take care of myself? So it's important to know who you are on an emotional level and the continuum of emotions, because most of us know happy, sad, mad, like the stuff you learn in the school, like in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, they like show you the chart, show me the happy face, the sad face. But there are all these emotions in between that we don't operate from. And when you operate from extremes or limitations, you don't give yourself an opportunity to see the nuance and the complexities and then, you know, navigate your leadership, your partnership, your relationships with family in a way that has um, that's multifaceted and that can feed your soul and actually bless somebody else because you're present and in tune. So if you don't mind me chiming in, I just wanted to ask you because you said something so perfect and key um, about being knowing yourself and having the ability to be having the ability to be more open. Um, I, I don't know if you're able to to name a few like name an exercise that you 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 incorporated in your life. I'm not too certain of the trauma that you experienced, if it was acute or compound or oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not too certain. At the same time though, um with you just um experiencing and being transparent with us, 
about the closeness that you had at a point in time in your life and you had to figure out and realize like, am, why am I being closed off with this person and this person is almost good, but I should be closed off, you know what I'm saying? Sure, but, there's so many examples and thank you for the question. Um, so when I was younger, because I had experienced sexual trauma and also some abuses in my family, with my friends, I used to be so very controlling and um, also I would operate from anger. At the time, I realized it was my own experience of deep sadness and disappointment and grief about the dynamics with my family and wanting to experience more love and a sense of connection. But with my friends, they were very loving towards me, but I would come back at them with this very harsh, hard stance. And it came across as very angry and sometimes rageful. And I would try to control them and control what they did. Like, for example, I came from a family where there was mental illness and substance abuse. So with my friends, if they ever talked about drinking or smoking, I would be hard, yeah. and harsh with them because okay. I had the trauma from my experience growing up in a household where people yeah. drank, smoke and were violent sometimes. Yeah. And so when they would just be talking about their desires to explore, be curious, I would come at them hard like, oh, you're going to be a crackhead. You're going to be this like just saying really um, derogatory negative things to them about that. But that was because I was wounded on the inside and I was very scared about what might happen to me and also projecting that onto them. And, and what I did to address that in my adult life, mind you, I, I know that retrospectively I was mean to my friends in the, at the time, I'm like, I'm justified. I'm saying the right things so they can have a good life. Just talk but started, yeah. But it was based on trauma in pain and fear it wasn't based on mostly care and concern and my delivery sometimes was effed up it just was and i definitely want to just say i'm sorry that you have to encounter that absolutely like i'm definitely sorry like you being a black woman like i tell people all the time just being a black woman is you have so much of a disadvantage and the fact that you was over to able to overcome to become yeah. I told you so much once that. again absolutely 100%. And, yeah. and like you know a lot of people like and especially in the black community suffer from bullies like we are a lot it's a yeah. lot of bullies in the black yeah. community especially when it comes to the youth i know me personally when i was young um i encountered a lot of conversations with you know my my friends and they say hurtful things and i feel like it's very important for kids to not only know happy sad or mad yes he is the five components or different kind of moods but how important do you think it is for like young black, you know, princesses and prince and kings and queens to learn the different kinds of moves and identify certain emotions? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so, so true, um, you know, what you offered up. And I acknowledge y'all for acknowledging me for the journey that I have had. Because you know, if you're black and brown and um, living in this country or living abroad, it's revolutionary just to be alive and to be operating from your purpose every day. So thank you both for being revolutionary and just being a stand um, for this life being meaningful by doing this podcast and the other things that you're doing with Steel Sharpening Steel. Um, you. you know, emotions are our friends. You know, I tell people, you know, I've worked with and, you know, I mean no harm in saying this. It's just I've been in the field for 30 years. But a lot of men and boys that I've worked with have been like had this posture of I don't cry. I don't show my sadness. It's weakness. Um, I've had, sadly enough, men, you know, when I do couples counseling or when I work with men one on one who have been like, I don't remember the last time I cried. They jokingly say the last time I cried was when the doctor slapped me on my behind when I was born. Like, I've heard that a lot, especially from brothers of Bella. You know, I'm like, this is so funny. That's but I'm crazy. like, yeah, but I'm like, do you know 
how much mental, physical, and emotional harm you do to yourself by denying yourself tears and expression of emotions on many levels, that you're sad that you lost that relationship, that you're disappointed because your dad wasn't present for you when you were growing up, mm -hmm. that you're hurt because your job didn't give you that promotion. Mm -hmm. Like it's so important oh, to be able to name these things and not walk around like nothing bothers you, like shit just bounces off of you, you know, yeah, day to day. Is, not, not, to, not, not to cut you over, but this is why I embrace the black woman. And please continue, but this is why I just embrace the black woman because me and Brian both are in relationships and just having my queen is just so important. I can just express and communicate because I feel like sometimes as, as a black man, you know, we go through a lot. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we don't want to communicate and feel like we're being a burden to whoever is around us. Yeah. But I'm just thankful to have a woman that I could be vulnerable with and I could, you know, be transparent what's going on in my life. Instead of just building it up and even talking to you. Absolutely. So I definitely want you to continue that because I just want to applaud you for just being a person that any that that me and Brian could connect to. Allow me to chime in real quick. <laughs> That's that that could also go on the opposite side as well. Like you because you you was honestly talking about just letting go of your, your, your tears and expressing yourself. Yes. But not only on that end, I feel like that could also go on the opposite end as well. Yeah. You could be excited, you could be joyful. Absolutely. You just want to let out some tears and I feel like this come come out. My girlfriend, she honestly helped me to not be so in my mind because mm -hmm. that's how I used to be. I used to be very like isolated in a way. But like if you approach me, I would um carry out a conversation. Same time, I'm a very um reserved individual. Mm -hmm. So she helped me express myself and, and and get things out. So this conversation is making me joyous and I, I feel like I want to tear. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's just, yeah, that's, I'm being transparent about it. That's healthy. That's healthy. And that's, that's all she was trying to help me understand, my girlfriend. And this is what you are reminding us of at the about, moment. Yep. Yeah. So we appreciate you. Oh, please. And the appreciation is felt. I feel it in my heart on this end. I'm like, I tell people all the time, I love virtual and live space equally because energy can be transferred. It's about intention. So I feel y'all literally, not just the words they say, I feel you, but I feel it in my body, you know, and I want to just acknowledge you for just bringing up that there are all types of tears because I normally speak about this and teach about it, that they did a scientific study that all tears are not the same. Like the chemical makeup for tears of grief and sadness are different from the tears of joy or the tears of when the wind hits your eyes and the tears are coming out because you know your eyes are clearing out the debris of yeah. dust and stuff like that, that the um, configuration of those tears are different. And so I'm like anybody denying themselves the, um, the nuances of all the tearful expression mm -hmm. is potentially making themselves sick. And I love that you brought up joy as a tear um, um, activating experience. I cry all the time. Yeah. And just imagine I'm a metaphysician. So, you know, what that means is that I look at the spiritual and emotional um, aspects of things that are happening to us physically in our bodies. And so if you have cancer, there's an emotional and spiritual reason why you have it, as well as the cells building in your body. And a lot, because we're talking about black trauma also in this space, a lot of us have cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart conditions because of intergenerational trauma that we passed down from our grandmothers, 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 and our grandfathers, grandfathers, grandfathers. And we haven't processed that. And it's like it passes through the DNA and it infects and it impacts the, the current generation and the future generation of babies and children that will land here. So we must 
do our work. If we don't, we're dooming them to experience unnecessary physical, mental, and emotional, and spiritual um, low vibration and dis-ease. So what were you going to say, brother? Well, because I, I I know Brian got a question, yeah. but I was going to ask you, when you were speaking about um, inherited trauma that relates to um, things that people suffer from, cancer, different things, I also, I'm not sure if you agree with this, but I do also believe that when people create trauma, they're also creating that harmful to the harmful um things to them body to their body for the most part. Yes. So the, the trauma that they create present in the present yes. could lead to that to that bad result. Absolutely. So I don't know. No, I agree with that hundred percent. I believe that the person who gives off predatory, um low vibrational energy, hurting people with voice, with their physical bodies, with their thoughts even, because mm-hmm. like I said, metaphysics, the energy is a transferable mm-hmm. thing. Your hateful thoughts towards me can have an impact on me and you. Mm-hmm. So the perpetrator and perpetuator can be damaged and the folks that they do it to can be damaged starting from when they're little babies and mm-hmm. you won't hold the child. You're even glares at babies. Baby, you let them look at baby, they'll smile when you smile. But if you're looking real serious, they're intense. Like it starts so, so young. Yeah. It even starts in the womb. So if mom uh, um, is being abused or mom is angry all the time, that energy oh. is that's why i tell and i know one more time bro because i know i know like just relating to everything because all these emotions connect and um it definitely starts from the womb you know everybody has different programming i'm just going to just say that we all have different programming so with that being said what you got to say bro i like forgive me for spinning it as well um because everything forgiveness just talk i gotta you know i gotta play the back seat girl i gotta be all humble <laughs> but you were you you were really hitting the nail on a lot of heads um a lot of things are grown from a lot of things are started from from within the home so in your perspective is it fair to say many times the black culture lacks the ability to self-reflect on things which trigger their actions or attitude or thought patterns which which leads to not only family feuds but just um, family traumas. Yeah, yes. So I have a few things to say about this. I don't think we lack the capacity. I think that the society that we live in has conditioned us to self-protect and collectively self-protect so, um, and also self-individually protect ourselves from the uh, from additional trauma. And so internalized racial oppression and post-traumatic slavery disorder, which y'all were speaking about earlier when we first started this conversation, has impacted how we even tune into self. If you're living on a plantation and you're enslaved and you never know when the whip is going to come or the the club is going to come or you're going to be raped or stripped of your identity or made to feel inhumane, you learn how to stuff your emotions for survival. It's like, yes, Massa, I'll do whatever you say, Massa. It doesn't mean that you don't feel like you want to break out, to hurt, to fight back. But you know that doing that might not just potentially harm you and cause your death, but they may retaliate against you and yours afterwards. Yeah. When you're in an enslaved environment, because um, I don't believe in slaves, they're the enslaved. When you have been in that environment, you know, back in the days when that was happening and you love someone, you couldn't even really express that. Yeah. I love her or I love him or I love them because they could potentially be snatched up and taken away from you. So you learn how to stuff that down because loving somebody could mean that you can have your heart broken again and again and again and again on the plantation. And if your property and you're told you're inhuman, I can't possibly feel 
dogs don't feel, which is not true. They've done studies and horses don't. And I'm like a dog or a horse or a chattel. So I don't get to feel like white people do. Yeah, and I'm considered a three-fifths of a person. Yes. Yes. And I definitely definitely agree. Like when you speak about the conditions that what black people went through over time, especially during times of when we was enslaved, because we don't believe in slaves. Mm -hmm. We believe we was definitely enslaved. That trauma, you could just... You know that's your that's your tribe. Your son, your 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 daughter's getting hurt, mm-hmm. hit with a whip. You don't know when you're gonna eat. Mm-hmm. Those things right there was inherited over time. Right. And I know you spoke about that conditioning because it was so inhumane and very dehumanizing. Deep, you know, inhumane at the time. But how would you identify the conditions of a black man and a black woman today, and sure. what we suffer when it comes to our emotions? Yeah. Yes. So today there are some similar things because of remnants from that experience. You think that we can't maintain marriages because we're just inept as people, or we just don't believe in love, or we just don't have the capacity. Like over time, it was passed on that we, um, this ain't, well, there's so many things I can speak of. Let me roll it on back. Let's talk about how we even raise our children. It's shifting, but being raised, I was raised, I'm 52, so being raised spoken to in these very, very harsh and heavy ways. Being raised, I was beaten with an extension cord. I remember getting in the bathtub as a child. I went somewhere and I I stayed out beyond the street lights because that was the rule back then. And I was at a block party or something. I lost track of time and then I came home. My grandmother and grandparent father raised me. So I come in, my grandmother's angry. She's speaking, she's saying whatever she's saying. Um, I'm thinking all is well. She's like, well, get in the bathtub and get ready for bed. I get in the bathtub, she comes through the door with an extension cord and beats me while I'm wet and naked. Wow. You know, I had all these whips and blood coming from my body. My grandmother wow. grew up during a time where well, her mother, her mother's mother was born enslaved. So her mother beat her like that. And so my grandmother beat her children like that. And so my, you know, my grandmother was beaten like that. She beat her children and I'm her grandchild. So she beat me like that. It's not that we're inept. We were conditioned to believe that this is the way that you manage and control other human beings or non-human beings because that's what we were taught. You do not in one, two or three generations get rid of that. We were set free with no counseling, no guidance. It's just like you're free. We didn't know how to make money on our own. We didn't know how to um, govern ourselves and live and even live as family because we were taught that that was not an existing thing. You don't transform that overnight. And so some of the debris from enslavement is still in us. Our self-hate, the hateness hate of our skin. And the, you know, cause we come in all colors, 52 shades of black, you know, the darker we are, the more trouble we tend to have. But all of that is internalized racial oppression and the product, and I'll, I'll stop after this, the product of um, post-traumatic slavery disorder that has us operate the way that we do. And we need healing, counseling and support to go back and fetch what we lost. Our dignity was snatched in order to return to that. There's work we need to do now so that we can heal backwards in the moment and forward so that we don't um, contaminate the future generations. Mm. So that's what I have to say about that. Mm. We are capable, but it's hard with our legacy, mm. the, the the past that is like right here in, um, in the background invading our space all the time. <laughs> you blew me away, jackpot. <laughs> we're gonna have to buy that. <laughs> we're gonna, have to, buy we're gonna that. have to buy that. Yeah, because we're getting we're getting more insightful and more um like 
the questions are just getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Not the questions, the, the responses and the-, the, the Both are, both yeah. are. <laughs> with, with, with any guests that we're having now and, and, and so far. So we that's, gotta get that. That's growth. We're gonna have to, but yeah, that have to get good, that. But not that. <laughs> what I wanna say is like, because you hit a lot of head, a lot of nails on the head. Like, it's just amazing as far as the trauma, as far as our, our heart just being shattered and we're not being able to like do properly express ourselves mm-hmm. to one another and, and actually love each other how we should. Like, it's, yeah. like we, li- we literally wake up and, and walk around with a mask every day. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like the more darker you get, the more trouble you may be, but that's all psych- psychological, that's which, right. was, which was embedded yeah. in us. You right. know what I'm saying? And I'm just so sad that you went through what you went through. I'm so sad yeah, that you nice. went through that. Same time, I want to ask you, because you know, the black community, we 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 have a, a trouble with communicating and letting things go. Mm-hmm. How would you be able to um help somebody understand the importance of of therapy, the importance of of um getting back to the to the to the roots before we were enslaved? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The 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 tribe, the 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 tribe and the kings and queens, the kings and queens and, 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 and being truthful and just balance, love and harmony. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah. You know, so one of the things that I really impress upon people is I said it, um, I don't know, maybe I didn't say it in this space. I said another thing that I live by, but my mantra for life is I expose myself to expand myself. Exposure means speaking my truth. Exposing, exposure means telling the truth. Um, sometimes when asked, sometimes when not asked, um, you know, sometimes I'm in spaces and I'm like, I need to raise my hand and speak a truth. Being able to balance when it's necessary to speak and when it's necessary to stay quiet. But living from a posture of I expose to expand um, reminds me that people are like, oh, I'm not telling my business. I'm like, you ain't got no business. Like, really? Like, we, we operate like we're so different than everybody else. The more people that come into my space that speak their truths in collective spaces, like when we met at the event, the more opportunity you get to see that there's so many people with the same damn story. Oh, exactly. It's a different mm-hmm. name. Yep. So when you get off the story, the fallacy that you're the only one, I call that the only syndrome. When you let go of the syndrome that I'm the only one that's been molested. I'm the only one that has been violated. I'm the only one that has been beat by their parents. I'm the only one that grew up without a father. I'm the only one that ever stole something. I'm the only one that ever lied. I'm like, when you get over that, that this is part of the human condition, then you can enter a therapeutic space and actually tell the truth to the person that you're working with. But mainly the truth telling is to self, this happened to me, this is how I've been wounded, this is how I act as a result, and this is necessary for me to do because if I don't, I'm not gonna be able to have a quality life, I'm not gonna be able to keep a relationship. Telling the truth is to look at the patterns. Like I'll say this um, thing and then I'll hear from y'all and what you think. And sorry for the background noise. Um, one day my pastor, my former pastor, was at the pulpit and he was saying, if you have bounced from job to job and you're always leaving jobs like they don't treat me right, they don't pay me right. If the common denominator is you at all those jobs, guess who the problem is? And I'm like, me? It's like, yeah. You know, so if you've been in multiple intimate partnerships, and every and this may sound harsh, but I'm just gonna put it out there. This is just me being me. And every single of the, of one of the relationships, there was domestic violence. Guess what? There's something about you energetically that attracts 
partners that beat you or partners that you beat. Um, it, financial issues, like all of that is an indicator to look at self as the co-creator of some of those dynamics, even when the most horrible things have happened to you. So when you look at yourself as an empowered person to examine that and do the work, then you take your power back from that person who abused you or mistreated you or the relationships that failed. And then you begin to operate from, I can do something about this voice, this mind, this body, this spirit, and I can make a difference in this life that I've been given. If you operate like you're the victim of everything, then you don't get a chance to do that work. You're disempowered and you're giving it away to the persons or situations that have in your mind hurt and harmed you. So I invite everybody who's willing to transform that to do the work, do therapy or something healing or therapeutic to transform you so that you can actually live the life you were ordained to live. Absolutely. It's, it's so funny because um, I, I know this, I know, I know this girl and she, and I'm not, not I'm not going to say too much about, about her situation, but just, just on a, on a very um, small level and general level, she just has um family issues and the it's, it's been some time since she has last spoken to her family and she can only imagine if how the family's doing or even if the family know how she's doing so it's just like i tell her like no i get it and i understand but right now you're at an age where you have grown feelings and you're more you're more um able to um you're more capable to understand certain things versus when you were younger so now address it mm. she, she she said she addressed it several times and it's like what more can an individual do if they have addressed something several times and not get the 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 answer like there's yeah. nothing because sometimes people be exhausted and that hurts yeah. that hurts yeah. yeah it's so true so i have two answers to this sometimes you're approaching it and seeking answers from your wounded space and your communication is from the low vibration of your wound, so people can't really hear you. That's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it is that sometimes, um, because people are not ready and because it's wounding you further and hurting you further, you have to step back in a way. And what I love about my life is that I have my actual biological family. Um, and on my mother's side, it's taken a lot of work to transform those relationships. We just had a family reunion which is a miraculous thing because there's been so much estrangement with the family because of wounds and trauma and chemical dependency and mental health issues. I wrote a book about it and about my healing journey regarding it too. Um, but we transformed that, but it took, I'm 52, it took years of working on that and That's years crazy. of blocking myself from them and then stepping back towards them again. So I don't have it that everybody has to transform relationships with family in order to heal. What you can do is work on what happened to you with family. And if it's possible to clean those relationships up, build with them. But you also have the ability, because there's so many humans around us, to create your own chosen family if the one that you came from doesn't work for you. But once again, you can say, I worked and I'm exhausted from trying to work on things with my family. But if you're wounded, angry, hurt, passive self is approaching that then it may not work because how you're approaching it is from the, exp the expression of your trauma so doing your work your healing work and then coming at it from your empowered strong uh, grounded self is different than coming at it from this or this i surrender every time because it doesn't work to be surrendering all the time sometimes passivity is what's killing you <laughs> and so every conversation isn't supposed to be approached with passivity you can assert yourself 
in your truth and then transform the relationship because you are telling them like it is from a place that's grounded rather than cursing people out and making them wrong and having them be the you be the victim and then be the culprit all the time like because once again life is co-created but once again if that can't happen if the family is so toxic and it's impossible create your own tribe so you can continue to heal with them with people who care about you and who will listen to you and who are um balanced folks for you to work with so those are my two answers at the end of, that's amazing at the end of the day it sounds like there's just uh, it's a process and this is work that the individual has to do so Absolutely. with that being said not, not to cut you off forgive me um i was listening to a podcast and i have two things to say before i pass it on of course i was listening to a podcast and i got to give you your flowers again <laughs> and they was pretty much saying the guy was saying it's like for you to be able to forgive me for cursing talk your shit Sorry. you are talking your shit yeah, you for, preaching for you to be able to talk your shit you have to be in this race for a long time yeah you have to be and you have done a lot of work and we just want to applaud you yeah. we want to applaud you absolutely and at the same time i have to say and hold myself accountable accountable and be, and be very transparent with the family because you are family I, I feel like i could talk to you um i feel like i am a product of um just not wanting to 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 be open on certain things certain mm -hmm. times I, I i am a product of 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 feeling like i surrender like I, I exit mentally. That's my that's my thing that I say. Yeah, you say that every day. Um, I exit mentally because I feel like if you're overwhelming me and you're you're saying certain things to my ear that's not to my liking, which is one of my triggers. Which is one of my triggers. I have to be I have to be transparent about that. I I do exit mentally, and I just listen. I hear what you're saying. That's 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 how I really that's how I really operate on certain levels with certain people which is yeah. not good as I, as, as you were saying. All right. So I love that you're um, authentic about that. And I'm holding back because there's something that I want to say <laughs> well, um, <laughs> about God's response. And you didn't say any words, but there was a physical response. So I'm going to say something about that if y'all allow me, but I want to hold that for a minute. <laughs> That's all right. um, I'm like trying to turn down, like when I hope <laughs> like the, the vibration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to share you what I picked up and y'all will tell me whether I'm wrong or not. And then, you know, the listening audience, you know, I'll give you a little bit of um, information about how I do my work. So um, my offer in reference to I love this transparency in the confession is that we listen to people through filters. And if the filter we're listening, you know how filter like the air filters, like it catches all the debris and stuff like that, you know, but in communication, we listen to through the filter of sometimes our hurt, sometimes our pain, sometimes our joy. You know, if we sometimes the filter is perpetual optimism. You ever meet somebody? It's like no matter what happens, it's like oh, the Lord is gonna work it out. Oh, that's great, fantastic. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. do you ever get upset? Is anything ever <laughs> not fantastic? Because and that's not I, being truthful to self though, because some people yeah. are just happy, but. Come on, like you, it's different. Yeah, let's be come real, on, let's, let's be, be real. real. Let's, let's be, be real. real. But go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So I'm just like, come on. Remember, I said earlier that there's a difference between passivity, has being passive, and just being patient and optimistic. And I didn't say the fullness, but I'm saying it now. You can be passive, meaning like I don't want no problems. Remember, I said fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Yeah. So the fawn posture can be that everything is beautiful in the world. Because if you think otherwise, you don't. You might get upset. 
your heart might start racing, your stomach might start churning, and I don't want that. I really want to be at peace, so I avoid conflict, internal and external, so I don't have to deal, right? Some people stuff their upsets down because they're too afraid to deal with the heavier emotions or the more intense emotions of anger and upset and anxiousness and all of that. You know, so the filter, when you're listening to people and you, you shut down, I would take it another for, um, step further. It's like, I'm shutting down now. So tuning into yourself, because you're aware. So that means you can do it and stop yourself. Pumping the brakes. And it's like, am I shutting down because this person is really doing something or saying something that is disturbing, possibly dangerous, disrespectful? Or am I shutting down because I'm in a story that makes up that they're doing something dangerous, disrespectful, or um, annoying in this space? Sometimes we listen through the filter that has us thinking that's happening and it really is not. It's just the way we've been taught since we were a kid. And so we're shutting down when there's opportunity and possibility to have a conversation with someone to open up the pathway for you to get clear about what your thoughts are, your emotions are. And sometimes those thoughts and emotions are not aligned with what is actually happening in the space. I'll say one more thing before I start about this, before I started doing my healing work, um and really looking at my relationship with my mom because my mom was substance abusing she has a mental illness and just different things going on at the same time um i used to serve community right i, I worked as a substance abuse counselor and i led and directed a, a program directed a program and so sometimes women would come in that were substance abusers and had children and i would be listening to them through the filter of my mother is an addict and my mother was abusive and resistant to getting help and so when they would be like, oh, I don't know if I want therapy, my filter for listening through to my mother would be the one that I would be listening to the woman with. And guess what emotion would come up for me? Which one is that? Angry. Not angry. Yeah. Angry. Like this woman, my mother's, well, I won't say my mother's name. Let's say my mother's name is Jane. This woman's name is Lisa. So I'm listening through the filter of Jane and her resistance around her addiction and her mental illness and then Lisa's saying, no, I don't want treatment. I don't think I want this program. And anger would well up, which is really about Jane. But guess who would be getting it? Lisa. Lisa. Mm. So when you will say you shut down and shut off and stop speaking around stuff because this person is being the way they're being, I invite you to check in with yourself. Are you really in the moment in that conversation, in that dynamic? Are you back there in some old conversation listening through a filter and then making up that the person in the present moment is doing what they're doing. It's not conscious, but I'm inviting you and others to look at it consciously and to do the work in the moment so you can um, transform the future of conversations that you will be having with others. But what's the work in the moment though? Because once you self-regulate and be, and once you're self-aware of that specifically, mm -hmm. What is the specific work in the moment? Is it realizing and being aware of it? Or yes, you said it. So emotional intelligence, I never got to the five components because we've been talking about all this great stuff. You said two of them, awareness, self-awareness and self-regulation. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in the moment with Lisa and the thoughts of my mother now that I'm conscious, right? So, you know, I'm still doing this work because, you know, my mother still struggles with addiction and mental health issues to this day. And I'm 52 oh. and she's in her sixties, right? So I'm talking to Lisa. She says she doesn't want the treatment. She doesn't think she needs it. My heart starts to flutter. I'm like, oh, why am I having this reaction? This is Lisa's life. I'm tuned in, self-aware, right? The awareness is first. I'm like, oh gosh, this is around my, my mother issues and her addiction and her resistance. 
So I'm tuning in. I'm still listening to Lisa, but I'm plugged into self, self-aware. And then my self-regulation is me controlling my own emotion. It's like, oh, my heart fluttering. I'm getting anxious. Anger could bubble up, but I'm not going to allow it. So allow that. So let me breathe mm-hmm. and think. Mm-hmm. Who am I sitting in front of? Lisa. Lisa. Whose story is this? Lisa's. Mm. Whose journey is this? Lisa's. Who gets to choose? Lisa. Who gets to choose whether I I react? Me. Who's in the story about my mother? Me. (laughs) What moment are you in right now? Is your mother here? No, she is not. This is all in my head, right? And it's a matter of seconds, letting it unfold. Who do I get to be in this moment? Counselor, supporter, holder of space, and balanced leader. And I get to speak to Lisa from her story, her circumstance, and regulate my own emotions so that I can do what I need to do to support and care for this person who's in struggle, who's in denial. But it's not wrong. It's her journey. So go ahead. What were you going to say? So do you feel selfish to not address that to her? And and do you feel that you're not holding yourself accountable to, like, even if you was thinking about your, your mom, right? Would you express to her how important it is to have therapy? Like, do you feel selfish if you're not expressing that to her? No, because I can still express that truth, but not from the filter of I'm upset because my mother didn't get treatment. It is true. You can say it again, bro. In a respectful way. You're yes. Also in a respectful way. Yes. Now, mind you, I'm slippery and I can be real slick with mine. Like, I seriously, I've been working on this for a long time. Talk so I can mother. still be angry and speak very like I'm talking to y'all right now. Mm-hmm. I know, like I would not express the anger to her. In the back past, I might say something sarcastic, which is an expression of my anger. It's not me attacking, cursing her out or anything, but I can say something in a sarcastic way. And she may even miss it, Lisa, mm-hmm. right? But my consciousness and self-awareness as far as my emotional intelligence is like, okay, this is happening to you physically. You're getting shook in your body. This is not for her. Where's this coming from? <sighs> Make sure you breathe and speak about who and what you're sitting before, not this other thing. Then, because I'm a psychotherapist and I'm in the work, I can get supervision later about what came up for me. You asked a question, am I, you asked a question, but I thought you were asking something else, but I'm gonna speak to it right now. As a clinician, sometimes you can disclose that I'm getting triggered by you're saying no, but that's on me, but I have to be so selective about who I'm saying that to. I can't say that to every client because somebody might receive it and be like triggered and get up, get triggered themselves. So I have to disclose selectively. Most of the times I will not say anything at all. I'll wait to speak to someone else about what came up for me. But in some instances I can say that I'm like, and I can say, this is about me. This is not about you and just keep carrying on. But um, for the most part, I own what's happening to me in this situation. With friends, I can say, you know what? And like, I'm just being me. No, because like, we go through that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, just yes. things. yeah. And so. I'll say to a friend, like, depending on who it is, and, you know, like, I, I love curse words sometimes. They illustrate what I need to illustrate. <laughs> I said that at the event That's when me. I was there. I don't remember. It allows you to express yourself a, a, a little more heightened. <laughs> yeah, the, yes. the expression is a little bit more heightened when you curse. Yes. You curse. So like, sometimes. All right. Yeah, sometimes with friends, I'll be like, yo, this is kicking up my shit. Like, wait a minute, it's kicking up my shit, I need to own that. And so I'll just talk with them about it. But, you know, with a client, I'm not going to be like, you're kicking up my shit. If if, if, if you don't want me chiming in, because you you got through the first two, and I was just waiting for you to finish off the last three. Um, 
Yes, yes. Self-aware we have. Yes, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation. So thinking about, you know, the things that you want to manifest in your life and how motivated you are to actually manifest those things. Like this conversation, I'm motivated in this conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm very present to the joy of being here with y'all. I'm very present to um, the anticipation of other people listening and getting something out of this, I hope. Like I'm just very, very present to all of that. And so I'm motivated to keep pressing forward and say what needs to be said. And then the next one is empathy, right? Empathy for self and also empathy for who you might be working with and talking with and being with. Being empathetic means I don't know exactly what you've been through, but I can um, imagine and walk in your shoes and hold space for um, the, the hurt, the pain, the joy, like I'm empathetic. And then the other part of emotional t- uh, intelligence that we all would benefit from building the muscle and the skill for is social skills, mm-hmm. being able to read cues, being, and that's what I did early. And I'm going to share what I saw. Yeah, I, def- I definitely, I definitely was waiting. <laughs> but it's so crazy how conversation just everything connects because yeah. as we were talking, I'm just thinking about so many questions. I know you got one, but I got to throw one in. There. I was listening. Let me I, throw one I, in. There. I ain't gonna hold you. I love Sean. I ain't gonna look. hold you, boy. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> but listen, listen. You spoke about motivation. And one thing I can say, I was talking to my girlfriend, just so excited about speaking to you today. Um, I noticed that my interior motivation is very to a T. Like I'm always trying to grow internally, whether it is trying to get an accolade degree or starting a platform. That's just me. But when it comes to exterior motivation, I don't really care that much about a lot of things. Me and Brian had a podcast recently and we were speaking about how fire it is when you see black men looking a specific way. You know, and that celebrates black victory for the most part. Um, how do you I think for me, a lot of things like having a BMW or, you know, flaunting or status or wealth is not I don't I don't really care for it. So what strategies would not, you recommend? Not wealth. Wealth is important, but riches, I guess. Yeah, riches, more so. Riches. What strategies would you recommend? And thank you for that, too. No, my gratitude. Absolutely. Um, what strategies would you recommend to to boost a person's exterior motivation? Yeah. Um. So. It's the same conversation that I've been in with you both. And I will just circle back and say, it's fine to want extravagant things. If the filter by which you are aiming to get those is free of, it makes me a better person, is free of, I have more worth and value. If I have this, I'm going to be able to attract more people to my life. If you are stunting and trying to shine for the purpose of making others like you, that's low vibrational. If you want the car, the shoes, the clothes, because you just like these things and these are things that you want as accessories for life, but they don't make your life, that's a different energy. And as an emotionally intelligent person working those muscles and those five components, including motivation, looking at where that desire comes from and really getting grounded in the truth of the matter so that you can really get clear about whether this is driven by low self-esteem or some other energy, right? So if you're emotionally intelligent enough to be able to see that, then you can buy whatever cars and clothes you want and just know that this doesn't make me, this may enhance me, but this doesn't make me, you know? So even the opposite, and it's so funny that I've met people who are judgmental of those who like fancy clothes or cars and they're like, oh, they're just trying to do this or that or the other for this low vibrational reason. And they think that that makes them something. Sometimes I will counsel the person that's judging so much about it about where that's coming from. Yeah, because like, everything comes from something. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And we're human beings and we're so complex. And sometimes my hating on you around wanting to have nice clothes comes from my esteem issues and, and my resistance to it. And not to cut you off, and I know mm -hmm. you got to say something, King. Yeah, um, man. But it goes back to just our programming. You don't know yes. where we was at in that womb when I was at one years old. Like, my life at five years old and your life, well, let's just say this. When I was 18 years old a couple years ago versus when you was 18 years ago, 18 years old, it's two different lens. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you look at gender disparity, but just different lens of being a Black woman and a Black man. Yeah. So we all have different programs. Bro. And I would never, me personally, I like to say personally, just to piggyback on what you guys are saying, I never like to talk ahead of myself because mm -hmm. like you said, which is my word I love to use, I can only imagine what an individual have went through. He says that all the time. I can only imagine. Yeah. So I can't talk ahead of myself and um, expect or assume. I can only suggest because the suggestion is going to allow us to talk about it. Yeah, oh, that's right really on. what it is. Um, you said something so beautiful, empathy. Um, describe a time. Forgive me for spinning it as well. You know, that's okay. back seat. Sorry, but describe a time when you had to deliver some bad news to someone, and were you able to show empathy? Yeah, I, I use empathy in my everyday negotiation of space as a leader. You know, just demonstrating my ability to put um, myself in someone else's situation or shoes. Um, I've demonstrated empathy even when um, folks have disappointed me and they have their reasons for doing what they've done. I lead a lot of people. So um, if I lead from this space of you always have to come correct and everything has to always be right, that that's setting myself up for disappointment and it has expectations that are not realistic for people. I want to hold you to your word and hold you to a standard of excellence, but I don't want to be so rigid and um, unempathetic that I don't allow for your humanity to show up. You know, people have children, you know, um, folks get scared sometimes about stuff. Cause you know, some of the things that I do require that you show up, speak up and do all these things um, that may that be, tough not... too. say it again. That can be tough as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely bring empathy every single day to, and, um, to the work that I do. And there's sometimes when I'm not empathetic mm -hmm. and I have to catch myself and like, what is that about? Once again, the work never stops y'all the work never stops <laughs> and, with that, and with that being said right like yeah. i do because um before we get out of here before we conclude everything i do want to speak about just two things and the last thing is when you said that you want to identify what me and brian did when i reacted but prior to that right so you speak about early on about not to spin it as well about the work never stops right and especially when it comes to your mother's side of your family um there's been a lot of transformations in relationships right so when you go back into that space of conversations and 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 that and just having those conversations with different people. Mm -hmm. Um when you look at mastering the awkwardness, like talk about what's your thoughts of this like when you're having a conversation and you get stunned by like a like you receive something that that your body is like like what? You get stunned sometimes. Mm -hmm. on or whatever yes. it is. Um but just mask how do you master the awkwardness? Me and Brian talk about that all the time or would it be like weird, you know, if you get what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I don't always master it beautifully because I'm human. So if something catches me from the left, if I get hit in the side of my head with a ball and I wasn't expecting it, <laughs> my head is going to go like that. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm a master. Like it hit me and I just like rock with it. Like, no, like there's sometimes when it's just like, whoa, whoa yeah. what was that? Yeah. You know, so I don't want to put out there to you or to the audience that's listening in that 
you know, every moment is a moment where I'm always poised and catching balls and stuff like that. I, I do it well. I'm very spontaneous and, um, you know, operate from that muscle. I'm, I'm flexible. But some things are like, whoa, let me yeah. take a breath. Let me have a moment. And I will say that out loud. I'm like, you know, give me a moment. I'll come right back. Or in, in sessions where I'm leading and someone says something, it's just like, let me, let's take a pause and breathe together, if you're willing, because I'm not trying to force anybody. Because, you know, um, Ja has been in um, the wake up space. Like stuff comes up all the time in that space. It's like, let's all take a collective breath and then i'll address it and then i'll sometimes name what has happened you mentioned my family you know we were together for the family reunion and a lot of different stuff has happened with the family you know i was raised by my grandparents my grandparents had their own children so my uncles and aunts are close to age to me and um i was raised as a sibling my aunt was the baby but i became the baby when i entered the family we were like i was newborn she was two we're two years apart me and my uncle were four years apart then the next uncle was 10 years apart so we were children growing up together even though we had those roles of niece uncle aunt stuff like that um in my family um i i was molested by a family member you know i was in the company of that person for the trip but i also know that the person who molested me and we were children was also molested by the same person who molested me that was an adult so empathy i feel for her and what she did because she was only acting out on what was done to her with me as another younger child i get that a lot of people who perpetrate predatory behavior were victims of predators themselves so you know sometimes when i'm in this space something is said or done with the family member or members and it triggers me back to when i was a child and i have to remember i'm an adult right now and while this reminds me of this situation this is not what's happening and I have agency. I'm not going to be victimized physically. They may some, say something um, verbally that is a trigger, but I don't have to succumb to that. Yeah. So that's the very real time, being with family where physical violence was perpetrated, sexual abuse, things have been stolen from me with those family members. Cause I remember there was a drug addiction issue with many of them. And I'm like, I could be like, yeah, such as a stole with me from me. I'm never going to speak to them again. Yeah, but I work yeah. with clients who are under the influence of addiction and mental health that stole, that lied. That'd that be a contradiction almost. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My family doesn't get the same respect that I give to my clients. Not yeah. absolutely not. So, so um, yeah. So those are examples where I bring empathy, even when I'm like, whoa, you know, that I can name it in the space that I can take a breath, I can invite others to do it, I can talk about how it made me feel or what came up for me, and I can also choose to keep carrying on and not let it have me run for the hills. Fight, I mean, flight, or fight, or, or, or free, fawn. or fawn. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something really quick, Queen, mm -hmm. before we wrap it up. Um, okay. It's amazing that you, you doing your journey, you were able to become more flexible and, and, and take a step back and breathe and show empathy in certain situations. Um, help help the Steel Shop and Steel community understand how important stress management is. Oh my goodness. There's um, research um, that has come out around uh, toxic stress. Y'all are so funny. <laughs> around toxic stress um, and what it does to the body. It creates dis-ease. And remember I said I'm a metaphysician. So the cancer, the high blood pressure, the migraine headaches, the hair falling out, the rashes, the asthma attacks, all are connected to emotional states and spiritual states of being things that haven't been addressed and so um stress is a killer it will take you out of here and stress compounded will take you out of here faster or it'll have you trying to mitigate it 
by self-medicating, by being a rageaholic, by overworking. And that's one that mm -hmm. I recognized that I had. Like I was constantly work, 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 work. People and I realized that, a lot. that people cope yeah, differently. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, even talking incessantly can be a manifestation of stress. Like if I keep talking, I don't have to hear anything I don't want to have to hear. Like people won't get a chance to speak. I can just keep talking, 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 talking. So if you encounter people who do that a lot and it triggers you, bring empathy and bring your awareness and the empathy that you can bring that this person is doing that for a reason. They're not trying to just annoy you that this is almost like an OCD type of thing where they talk incessantly to keep themselves safe. You know, so just um, considering those things, but stress, we, and the other thing I'll say really quickly is that we amplify the stress because we're always on. I sleep with this phone near me. How quality can my sleep be if ching, ping, you know, the emails are going off? I'm not really sleep. I'm trying to work on that and like cut it off completely. I haven't gotten there yet. And then um, we're always on texting, we're in social media. The brain never gets an opportunity to be at rest. We're constantly being inundated with stimuli and those stimuli can really do damage. The brain has to, we don't get adequate sleep. We can't go into REM sleep effectively because we're always on. Yeah. So stress gets amplified when the brain never gets a chance or the body and the spirit never get a chance to be at rest. So I just wanted to add that. And and I definitely, next time you get the, the, the floor, want you to like identify what we did earlier, but you hit so many nails. Oh my goodness. And you speaking about the phone and this, we just so distracted as people. In 2021, last year, the year before, and just the future, we're so distracted. And I don't know if emotional intelligence in your world um, is a devil's advocate to artificial intelligence oh, God, for the God. most part. But that, but this whole technology thing is just really such um, harm to just being in the present, just being self. You know what I'm saying? So I just have yeah. to say that. Um, I know you had to say something before. Uh, no, nah, you you are, you are amazing. The only thing I do want to ask you before we do wrap it up, and before you do say what you have to say about what me and Jop, um, you want to hear it. Huh? Yeah, I need <laughs> that. Before, yeah. We need that for the culture. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you are, what are some books on your agenda? Oh so my the, the community could know. Yeah, let let them know because yeah. they be reading. They be reading. Yeah. So, um, books that I recommend is um, Grandmother's Hands. You know, it's about our, our journey as it's not just about, you know, it's not about grandmas, even though that's part of it. Um, <laughs> a book about you know, the impact of being black and brown in this community and this society, the impact. Also recommend I'm looking over here to my um, left at my well, one of my bookcases and I recommend um, what's the book? Oh, my gosh. Um, the Body Keeps the Score. It talks right. about how the body holds on to trauma and the implications for that. So the body keeps the score. And then one other book is Cast. It's not over here because I wanted to show it. Shoot. Mm -hmm. But Cast, C-A-S-T-E. And that's also about um, um, racism and oppression and white supremacy culture, like especially for black and brown folks that, which are young people, but I feel like you attract a lot in this space, probably for your podcast. Oh. Um, reading these books will just open up your mind and your body and spirit about what has happened to us and what your responsibility is as a young person to carry the message to undo racism and to become anti-racist in this um, world and on this in, on this planet. Like everybody has an impact. And like, even if it's in your small circle, you yeah. speaking these truths can transform and heal people. So please do read 
please do be present and please do operate from emotional intelligence and spiritual nope. intelligence so that you can make a difference for yourself and for others. That was amazing. That was, we, we got all of that down. We got all of that down. <laughs> now, Cass, um, Grandma Hands. Well, it's and, recorded, so we got all of yeah, that I need that. I need that. Um, I definitely, like I said, we need that for the culture, but um, tell the people where they can find you at. Um, I know you have Facebook. Tell the people how they could get connected to Wake Up um, Everybody, yep. um, how they could be a part of SOW, Straight yep. Up a Woman, Let the Steel Shop Steel Community. All right. Oh, there was a horn. It's like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> no accidents. No so, accidents. On Facebook, I am Shawnee Denton Gibson. Um, so I'm assuming with the podcast, you'll you know put the name and the announcement. <laughs> Announcement for that. Um, for Instagram, it's Shawnee the Healer at Shawnee the Healer. Um, and for contact with me, um, for Spirit of a Woman, I do have a website, but we're revamping it. But I'll give the information anyway. Um, it's um, Shawnee Shawnee Renee Benton.com. So let me put that in the chat. Put that right there. It's being revamped. Wake up, everybody. Um, we have a Facebook and an Instagram presence. Um, so Facebook is um, Wake Up Everybody Virtual Community. So I'll put that in the chat too. Wake Up Everybody Virtual Community. And you look that up, we have a page and a group. The page is public, the group is private. So for those who are part of the community, you can come onto the, um, the private group page and you can just watch all of the recordings, the replays. We do it five days a week from Sunday to th through Thursday, and you can register to get the announcements and the flyers for each of the week's offerings. And I'm excited about that. So, you know, just join us so that you can transform. It's good, this bro. Stuff. It's some good brain food. Yeah. No, I totally imagine. Now you just got to wake up early. Yeah. Yes, it's all wake up, everybody. So you got to wake up to, to receive. But once yeah. again, if you join the, um, the group page, you can have access to all the replays. You can just scroll down and get any and doing if you can't wake up in the morning but people have transformed their relationship with the morning because of wake up because they did it for the entire year plus with us when the quarantine first started so now people are like i'm a morning person now Listen, um <laughs> our knowledge is power so yes. more you you can't um empower yourself without getting the knowledge and applying right. it so you just got to seek the knowledge you have it you're, you're providing it people just have to get up get up people yes get up wake up um yep. So you can ascend and the final thing that i will say that i want to declare to the community is that um i'm starting a the next cycle of the rites of passage program that i lead called be the tree and it's for adult women and it's for women of all different cultures and backgrounds so it's not just for black and brown women however i'm always teaching about anti-racism and no, no matter what space i'm in so that comes up as far as who you are as a bipoc person or who you are as a white person a woman in the world and what your responsibility is to this work and the transformation of other women. So that starts at the end of August and it runs till December. It's a tuition-based program. And it's about mind, body, spirit, um, healing and transformation and purpose declaration for women um, that are willing to take that journey. So I look forward to sharing that to, um, to and with the women who are on this podcast, who are listening up and who are interested in taking that journey. That's and I'm the whole woman initiative is, is always amazing because you know, the. The, the women have always gone through it. So more women initiative, more women empowerment is always amazing. Yes. And I encourage you brothers to share my number and my email address is public. This is how I do business. You can share that with the community as well. If of they want course. to Thank ask you. questions. Okay. Of course. All right. Awesome. All right. Oh, am I telling y'all the thing about the two of you? Yeah. Okay. 
All right. So in my work, I trust what I know. I trust my emotional intelligence, my spiritual intelligence, my intuition. And one of the things that I pay attention to deeply is what people say and also body language. So, bro, when you were sharing, Brian, and you were talking about how you shut down, as Ja was listening, he did this with his shirt. <laughs> and as you were saying, you're probably like, sometimes I shut down with people and I don't want to hear what they say. You did, I call it a tell. You know how you pay, play poker? And you can tell what <laughs> you know, through their body language, it's like there's something they do all the time. Somebody might have a great hand and then they go like this every single hand where their hand is great. And mm -hmm. if you pick it up, you'd be like, oh, they must have a really good hand. So I'm going to fold right now. Yeah. And then, you know, if they just hold um, and if they're not doing those cues, then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, they they, they have a, a bad hand. So I'm going to hold or what do they call it? When I don't I don't um, gamble. What do they call uh, call them? Like when you add oh, yeah. them. Oh, you call, you call them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know before we close out, and it's up to y'all whether you do this and accept this coaching, where in your relationship, your shutdown has triggered um, something in Ja that has created upset or a lack of harmony in y'all's relationship. Because his tell made me think that sometimes he's impacted by your shutdown. And it may not be him necessarily being upset for himself but maybe a shutdown impacts who y'all are working with at the time and you don't want to but he's like yo we got to do this for the forward movement of the work so i'm just going with what i'm i'm giving are y'all aware of that is that happening this is scary hours and i love transparency because i feel like you just dictated what we'd be going through and it's not <laughs> to, to be you know we are all transparent but you're not indicting us not indicting no, no. Not indicting yeah because we, we're definitely self-aware and, and very humbly yeah. very humble yeah but going back we need to go back to the drawing board with the solution and you know people all around us do shut down and we need to hold ourselves accountable by uh to communicate with them but, some, gotcha. but sometimes, like you said, it can get exhausting. It's different things. But I think when it comes to the Black community, when it comes to us, when it comes to you, everybody, it got to be done. That's yeah. the work. Absolutely. That's the thing. Yep. Specifically, I feel like, um, more so with what you were saying, Shawnee, I feel like John does that to me because he probably feels like, um, you're you, you all right. I could I could do a little bit more with the conversation and do a little bit more with my explanation and, and, and with, with certain people that I'm dealing with. And I just feel like it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And then we we have spoken about this several times. We have gotten to the point where successful people, um, accountable people don't say it is what it is. Same time, though, we are human. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we are still growing. So I feel like, though, and I appreciate you for highlighting that. But I love I love just the fact that this is what I love about people. And I, this is what I dislike about people. I dislike when people are fixed mindset of people versus a growth mindset of people. When people just be like, they're stuck in their ways or it is what it is. No, you're not trying to grow. You're not trying to be a better uh, version of yourself today than yesterday. And I feel like that's that's what's needed. When you try to, when you're self-aware and you realize that you can be better, that's the solution right there. So yeah. it well, I thank y'all for being open to this, what I offered up because it of came course. like, oh, you know, you like, it, like bow. <laughs> nah, he, listen, listen, like it's several things that I have said that 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 I say normally that he said, yeah, he do say that. So when you call that, like, hey, <laughs> I, I, I go only imagine, but that, but definitely, um, just want to tell everybody for our listeners and our viewers, 
thank you guys for coming today for just this amazing podcast. It was my favorite one. Um, it was transparent. Um, we got vulnerable. We talked dirty. And um, go check Shawnee out. Go check her out. Go check her out. Wake up, everybody. Wake right. up. <laughs> still sharp and still. We love you, Shawnee. We appreciate you. Um, so much. And, and uh, y'all are in my life now. <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously. I feel like that's what I said. I feel like I could speak to you on certain things or I could speak to you on certain levels. So best believe that I will be on um, contacting you if I have like an issue or if I feel like I could communicate with you and you could help me. Um, um, picture another perspective gotcha. and as well check in and make sure you and yours is good because that's yeah. the type of person that i am all first and foremost i yeah. tell people all the time when you have conversations with people me personally i like to try to make the conversation about them and yeah. with them appreciating that they ask about me so i'm really big on reciprocity and i feel like speaking to you from then especially now you're just so emotionally intelligent and amazing thank you family. i wish i was your son I remember what we spoke about with, with, with your son, but I wish I would listen. I'm your long love son. Yes, S U N and S O N. I totally appreciate it. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, but, but definitely, we just want to just tell you, just tell everybody, like, we just thank you for just coming on today. And um, hopefully, we can do this again. Absolutely. Yes, forward to it. So, y'all be blessed. And everybody in the listening audience, blessings to you and hope to hear from you and work with you as well. So, y'all take care. Bye.